Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about listening to customers, aligning leadership around a customer experience strategy, and connecting your CX strategy to real challenges and opportunities. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Karen Manja, best-selling author and vice president, customer and market insights at Salesforce. Karen, welcome to the show. It's so great to be here. I mean, my home office can be a very lonely place. <laughs> well, hey, let's uh, yeah, let's let's chat for a bit then. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get started actually by uh, why don't you give a little background on yourself and uh, as well as what you're currently doing. When I think about a couple of themes that have been constant throughout my career and throughout my life. Storytelling is at the top of the list and also staying close to customers. I was thinking about this the other day. When I was a child, my grandparents used to take their six grandchildren for a week in the summer without our parents. And then the parents would come the final weekend to pick us up. And I would spend the week writing a play and casting my cousins in it <laughs> to put on for the parents at the end of the weekend. And you know, I flash forward and I think about in university, I had a job working for a professor doing essentially market research, following up with radio and television news directors on a survey we sent out and helping him write a story. You know, when I thread that forward into a career in sales and sales leadership and customer experience and thought leadership, really the common core theme is telling great stories or listening to a series of data points and trying to figure out what they mean or what we could all gather or gain from those insights. Nice. That's great. Well, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we're going to talk about, you know, telling those stories and, uh, customer stories, not, <laughs> not necessarily some of the other things, but, um, let's, yeah, let's get started by talking about, you know, something fundamental to managing and improving the customer experience, which is how we can better understand our customers, kind of tying back to, you know, using data, using other insights to, to understand what's going on. So, you know, any, any company that has probably been through the exercise of defining their customers and personas within those customers, so they might think they have a good understanding of them. But from your experience, um, why is it important to ask, who is our customer now? When I think about who is our customer now, what's important at the core of that question is to alert ourselves to what might have shifted and to gain a deeper understanding about where we might be out of alignment inside and outside of our organizations. 
When you think about the pandemic, for example, or an acquisition or a merger, a new competitor perhaps enters your market, the reality is any one of those market forces could reshape the definition of who your customer is now. And inside of organizations, when we don't have the same definition of who our customer is now, we tend to struggle with scope creep, prioritization, budget, understanding even how to take action on what we hear. And when we step back and consider who is our customer now, I think about that as the lead domino. It's like building one of those domino chains when you're a kid. But essentially, as goes that customer, so goes your organization. And that's why it's important that we all have the same definition of who our customer is. And then taking that a step further, what is the experience that we're trying to deliver to those customers and in service of what higher good or outcome? You know, our customers are just like any other relationship in our lives. If you have a friend you've had for a long time or a spouse or significant other, it's easy to believe that because we've known them and focused on them for so long, we know what they want, what they need, what they expect. And the reality is all of us as human beings shift and change. And what we need to do from time to time in the customer experience space, especially, is press pause and make sure we know our customers Now, not a legacy definition of them, not what they liked a while ago, who they are and what they need and expect from us now. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, some some people listening to this might be thinking, wow, that sounds like a lot of work. Uh, Now I have to constantly check and and reassess. And, you know, what, what would you say? I know, you know, different organizations and sizes and numbers of customers, you know, there's lots of variables in this, in this question, I I realize, but, you know, what's, what's your recommendation for, you know, a common sense approach to how often should you reassess this? A customer is anyone upon whom your success depends. And What I think about is when there's a compelling event, you bring a new product to market, you see an extraordinary increase in your customer support case volume, you start losing customers, perhaps you start winning a bunch of customers. These are all signs to press pause and get curious. Now, to keep this from becoming a massive activity where you need a big operational portfolio, lots of funding, lots of people, new listening vehicles, I think about two very simple questions to open up the conversation to get more curious. The first one is asking your customer, what might we be missing? Man, it's that simple. They'll tell you. They like it when you ask. The second question that I find is great in a live conversation at a customer advisory board or in a phone call, it works great as a single survey question as well. And it's if we could deliver one message to the senior leadership team on your behalf, what would that message be? Within that, you will discover from your customers what matters most that you might not be aware of, that you might not be asking about in any other way. And there is magic to the one message because they'll prioritize really what they most want you to know. Two very easy questions. What might we be missing? What's one message we could deliver to our top leaders on your behalf? 
That's great. That's great. Well, yeah. And, and kind of follow on to that. I mean, what about this idea of, you know, talking about under, better understanding our customers and asking them questions? You know, what, what about this idea of there's things that customers want you to know about them versus things that you want to know about your customers? Can you talk a little bit about this and why it's important to make that distinction? A great example of what you're describing is what you hear if you listen to your support phone call recordings. Within those recordings, within however you code the reasons that your customers contact customer support is a richness of what your customers want you to know about missed expectations, gaps in products and services, experience gaps that you are likely not asking them about. And one of my favorite examples of this is a large global healthcare provider. And as I was visiting with them, they started getting curious about why they were struggling to move the needle on some of their customer experience metrics, despite wonderful journey maps, customer definitions, intentions, portfolios, funding, and the like. And what they discovered when they got curious enough to listen to those call center recordings is one theme, the word homework. The number of times the customer would say, so basically you're giving me homework to go get more information and call back or contact you again. And the company started the no homework initiative. It was that simple. They took every way that a customer said, you're giving me homework. And they started to chip away at those one at the time, whether that was staying on the phone to maybe make a call with that customer to get more information, whatever they needed. And they found that was what moved the needle on everything from their customer effort score to their net promoter score and everything in between. They weren't asking their customers, do you feel like we're giving you homework? I mean, you know, they asked, is it taking more time and effort to resolve the issue? But right. it's not like on their annual relationship survey, they were saying, do you feel like you have too much homework from your day of dealing with us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, now uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about executive alignment around customer experience strategy. So most organizations are aware of the importance of having a good customer experience. I think that's, you know, it's pretty well documented at this point, but um, and, and they're aware that this requires a good customer experience strategy. But that said, not all executives and leaders are aligned on how to do this. Can you talk a little bit about what happens when first, you know, executive leadership is not aligned around CX strategy? I'll never forget the time that I gathered a group of senior executives together for a full day meeting. They resisted that meeting like you have no idea. And I worked with my executive sponsor at the time to stress the importance of the meeting. And he rallied the team to be together. And I opened the meeting with this very powerful statement. I said, I'm going to ask you one question and I'm going to ask all of you to answer. And when I see that the answers are in complete alignment. I will cancel the meeting for the day. You can have a full day back. Nice. I mean, imagine what that would feel like. I'm, I'm right. dreaming of it right now. As I talk about it, it sounds amazing. The question was this, what is our customer experience strategy? And then I just stopped. They wrote the answer on a post-it note. 
People had to put it up on a board. Of course, you could do this virtually or on Miro or some other collaborative technology. There were no two answers that matched. I didn't have to intervene at that point because they started fighting with each other. (laughs) The reality is we all have a customer experience strategy that's in our portfolio at the top of our list. There's not an executive on planet Earth that will say to you, I don't know our customers. I don't know what our customer experience strategy is. No one will say that. We think we know. We're certain we know until we try to align that definition with other people. And if you want to take that question a step further, which I did, it's what customer problem is our customer experience strategy attempting to solve? Mm. No one could answer that. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes simplest is best. And that question highlights, if we're lucky enough to have the same definition of the customer, do we have the same definition of the customer experience and the challenge the customer experience is trying to solve for the customer? When we can highlight that in an artful way, I think about it as being great qualitative researchers using our own executives as a focus group. What happens is people will start to calibrate themselves around, well, we have to have alignment on this. Yeah. Yeah. So what does, what's a first step towards doing that? I mean, you, you just described a, you know, a, a great example of how to move towards alignment. And sometimes that's messy, the first step, but you know, what's, what's the next step after, after kind of acknowledging that there needs to be greater alignment, what what would you recommend? Start getting curious and engage the people who serve your customers. When you are a frontline person serving the customer, you see and hear what others above you who get a data roll up and a few select customer experiences often miss. The organizations that I see gain momentum and make progress in a meaningful way and in a way that truly brings the organization along with them involves every part of the organization in the process of defining the customer and the customer experience and the customer experience portfolio. We all feel greater ownership of what we help to create. And instead of siloing ourselves away in a literal or virtual conference room as leaders to solve for this, when we invite the organization to contribute what they're seeing and hearing, when we invite people in the organization to share ideas of pilots we could try, we we remove blind spots in our own understanding. We also have the opportunity to engage others in coming up with solutions we might not see. And greater buy-in when you put forward as a frontline employee an idea or a concept and then it comes back to you as something to test you're much more likely to be excited about trying something new if it's a problem you feel every day and you are the one or the team or the part of the sea of voices that brought forward this opportunity before we continue i'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show basecamp Throughout my career, whether it was at my own agency or now as a consultant, Basecamp is what we rely on to help keep projects on track, on schedule, and on budget. It takes a straightforward approach to project management. It streamlines workflow management and definitely keeps the team in the loop and on top of ongoing updates, which all are major components in a smooth running operation. No matter if it's a simple campaign or a multi-million dollar project, Basecamp has been a key ingredient in the recipe for a successful project and business. Go to Basecamp.com slash Agile and sign up today to start a free 30-day trial. There's no credit card required and you can cancel online at any time. If you want to know if Basecamp is right for your team, 
Signing up for a trial is the best way to do so. Remember to go to Basecamp.com slash Agile, that's Basecamp.com slash A-G-I-L-E, to get your free trial. Thank you, Basecamp, for sponsoring this episode. Now let's get back to the show. So, you know, I think you kind of touched on some of this already, but, you know, what what does true leadership alignment around CX look, feel, you know, what, what does it feel like to, to be in an organization with that? Leadership is listening. Great leaders that deliver great customer experiences start with listening to customers and to employees. The next attribute is a beginner's mind. Great leaders and great listeners forget everything they think they know in order to hear what's actually being said. And then the third attribute or characteristic is without ego. And this is the most challenging one. When we have a beginner's mind, it's easier to take the next step and say, well, I discovered something I didn't know. The reality is knowing is the enemy of discovering. And we often think that the role of leaders is to know everything and knowing gets in the way of discovering and hearing what a customer is really saying. And ego is a powerful force that gets in the way of hearing what's being said as well. Yeah, I, I love the, I mean, particularly the last two points, because I think I do think humility is a very uh, underutilized and underappreciated thing in in the world in general. But yeah, you know, I think it, it, it trickles down, right? So it's, you know, executives and, and leaders that have the humility to listen to their you know, direct reports, the the employees that report to them, so on and so forth. But also, as you just said, that teaches their, their employees, some of whom are on the front lines, you know, whether that's digitally on the front lines or, or in real life, brick and mortar, all of those kinds of things, it teaches them to have humility to, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe the customer is right, or maybe there's something at least I can learn from them as well. I, th- I think that's, that's really powerful. I'll never forget the time I left a voicemail for the chief operating officer of Cisco when I worked there and was leading partner experience. And the idea involved bringing a couple of customers and partners into one of his town hall meetings. So picture a large organization and operations people don't tend to have customers and partners come and speak at their meetings. And I left a voicemail with a business case of why I thought it would be great for everyone to truly hear live the voice of the people we were serving. And he left me a message back and said, that sounds great. I'm game. And we did the session. The session really resonated. And I remember him saying to me afterwards, I learned so much from that conversation. I feel like I'll be a better leader now. I'm really grateful you brought this opportunity forward for all of us. And I thought, the humility of a chief operating officer at a Fortune 50 company to be willing to take an idea from someone many levels down in the organization and then to verbalize, I learned things I didn't know and will make decisions differently as a result of that. I felt empowered. I felt loyal. That guy could have called me at midnight on a Saturday and asked me to make a wine run for him and I would have done it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 amazing. And yeah, it definitely it, it makes it definitely makes such a such an impact. Well, let's um last 
kind of topic that I wanted to talk about is making sure that our customer experience strategy is really the right one in the first place. You know, I think a lot of times some strategic decision is agreed upon in some closed room and, uh, you know, it, it must be the right decision because it was made by the right people. And, you know, kind of to go back to the, the humility thing that, that we were just talking about, but, you know, it, it's not enough to just have and, and to document a strategy. It, need, it needs to be the right one. And, you know, after talking about some of the stuff we just talked about, um, you know, that's having the right one and, and aligning a, around it and making sure that we're listening to the right people around it. That's kind of its own challenges. Uh, it's challenge in itself. So how can an organization measure and understand if it's even taking the right approach with its CX strategy? What's your return on insights? And here's what I mean by that. When you listen to your customers, whether that's in a survey, in a customer advisory board, in a focus group, in a support call recording, whatever that looks like inside of your organization, and you extract this feedback and you take action, how often does that, that action correlate to an outcome for the customer that's detectable to the customer? I think about it this way. We all talk about what gets measured is what matters. And when I think about the amount of effort customers invest in trusting us with their feedback and sharing it with us, and the amount of time teams spend analyzing that feedback and building portfolios, just like any investment of time and effort and resources, what's the return? Are you retaining more clients? Are you selling more across your portfolio? Are you increasing the consistency with which you know the playbook to win or lose or getting competitive intelligence? What's the return on that insight that you can measure? And if you struggle to measure it, I would challenge how effective your customer experience strategy is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I do think that that goes back to we need to be willing to revisit however smart something sounds on paper or in a doc or, or something like that. Yeah. We, we need to be willing to revisit those and, and adjust, right? Would, would, would you agree? We get attached to what we create. Yeah. yeah. The same phenomenon happens when we've analyzed a lot of customer feedback and you go to the inevitable executive presentation. If you created 90 slides in your heart of hearts, most people, really want to speak to all 90 slides because they want people to see how hard they worked. And maybe you needed one slide with three bullet points. We get attached to what we create and feel we own. Detaching from the outcomes so that we can be agile makes it easier to move at the speed of the customer. Yeah, absolutely. And you do get bonus points for mentioning agile on the agile brand podcast. So have to have to call that out there. So but no, to completely, completely agree. It's um, so, you know, for those you've you've given a lot of great advice already, but, you know, for those listening and that know that their their CX strategy, you know, they're struggling with it. They know it needs some adjustment. You know, what's what's one piece of advice that you'd give to them on, you know, where do they start to just figure out what's wrong and, and get back on the right path? Simplify and focus. Hmm. Do one thing at a time and do that thing well. 
If where you feel you're out of alignment is the definition of who your customer is, put a strong focus on just that definition and acknowledge that you're going to stuff everything else in that closet that you have in your house, that when you open it, you know, things might fall out and bludgeon you nearly to death. <laughs> you're going to stuff away all the messy stuff for a while because you're going to choose one box out of that messy junk closet to sort through. That's it. One. Once you have solved for the one, you'll have a little bit of momentum and a little bit more buy-in, then move to the next task. Simplify and focus. We tend toward the grand gesture when the five-minute fix serves us better in creating forward momentum. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's great. One last question before we wrap up here. Uh, yeah, as a fellow author, I always like to ask about uh, the process of writing and, and things like that. So you know, in your latest book, listen up, how to tune in to customers and turn down the noise. What was your biggest learning during the writing process? My biggest learning during the writing process is that just because something worked for you to get results doesn't necessarily mean it will work for someone else. And the process of writing and the intention of being informative and inspiring and maybe even a little funny means that you do have to look through the lens of what are the bigger principles? You know, how do you go upstream so that whether the person reading the book is an entrepreneur starting a business and thinking from the very beginning about customers or whether that is a large global enterprise that the principles you're sharing will resonate. And you know, we all fall in love with our own success stories, of course. And it's tempting to think that because what you tried or a playbook or a certain configuration or question got you to an outcome that everyone else would get the same results. And that isn't necessarily true. So stepping back, seeing the bigger picture, going upstream to really think about what does this mean and what's the teachable lesson here or way to be of service is really a challenge. As uh, my writing coach likes to say, this is not your LinkedIn profile or a memoir. And so if you're here to teach us something, you know, he'll say all of God's children on planet earth need to be able to understand and relate to what you're saying in a way that they see that they could go try it and get results for themselves. Nice. Nice. Love it. Well, Karen, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? The best way to connect is to find me on LinkedIn or your other preferred social channels where I regularly post new content and also to subscribe to the success from anywhere podcast. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Karen Manja, best-selling author and vice president, customer and marketing insights at Salesforce for joining the show. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.